This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. We're going to have a good time. We've already had a good time, but praise God. Obviously, uh, we welcome everybody that's joining us today. Maybe some of you are visiting or whatnot. Maybe it's your first time checking us out, so welcome. We welcome anybody listening online on the podcast and whatnot. And uh, we're going to have a great time here in a few minutes. We've got gifts for all the kids. We've got a great meal planned. We ask everybody to stick around for that. But I do want to talk for a few minutes this morning about the whole reason that we celebrate this Christmas season. And, and I, I, I've got a feeling that everybody here, you know the ultimate reason. But what I also believe is there's not a single person in this room that has a full comprehension of who Jesus is. There's not a single person listening today that you fully get all that it is that Jesus is for you. Have you ever got a gift and, and, and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. But the longer that you have the gift, you start figuring out like, Oh man, it, it also does this. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. And then, you know, a few days later, oh, I didn't know it could do this too. And then a few weeks later, oh my goodness. And you find out that this is the gift that just keeps on giving. You're like, I thought it was good, but then you find out it's better than you actually thought it was in the first place. And I'm telling you today that the more that I know Jesus, the more I get to know him, I keep finding out new stuff about him that I had no idea about. He's better than I even thought. And and today, what I'm encouraging you with is this. What is your need? What's your need? Maybe you need healing. Maybe you are in a financial crisis at Christmas time. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you've just got all sorts of family issues. Whatever the issue is. There's something beautiful. We just sang this song about the name of Jesus. Well, in the Old Testament... God comes to this man named Moses and says, hey, I want you to go to Egypt. I want you to talk to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. And Moses is like, "Okay, I'll do it. But who do I tell him is sending me? I can't just go in my name. And God says, man, tell him I am sent you. He's like, what? I am. What does that mean? God says, that's what I'm going to be known as. That's my name. I am. Well, that kind of sounds like an open sin. What does that even mean? What I am? That's not even a complete thought. Of course it's not. Listen to me. What does I am mean? It means Jesus is saying to you today, oh, wait a minute. You're sad. You're depressed. You need peace. This is your day. I am peace. Your family is being split apart. Guess what? This is your day because I am the healer. I am the restorer. I am the giver. I am. What, what is it you need? That's what Jesus is. He is the great I am. And so this is what the Lord said in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus. But then Jesus rolls up on the scene, right? In the New Testament. And Jesus starts using this phrase all the time. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. And in the book of John, on seven different occasions, Jesus refers to himself as, as, as I am. Seven and seven different things. And so that tells me whatever it is that I need, Jesus am that. Is that, can you say that? He, I am that. And I'm telling you, he's not the great I might be. He's not the great I may be. He's the great I am. 
And you have no idea. You have no idea how much and what Jesus has to offer to you. Now, I don't just love him. I don't just serve him because he does great things for me. He does. I had leukemia. I was dying of cancer. He healed me. I kind of feel like I owe him some. But at the same time, that's not why I love Jesus. I love Jesus because Jesus is the great. He is everything. He is the only person I know that would come and die for a whole bunch of people. And that some would even reject to believe that he ever existed. I wouldn't die for people like that. Are you kidding me? I'm just being, I'm going to shoot straight. Jesus died for a whole bunch of people. Some are good, some are bad, whatever. Jesus died for everybody. Yet there's a whole percentage of the population that says, he never even existed. He's not even real. But Jesus, he said, he knew that was coming. But he said, I'm still going to do it anyway. I'm still going to, I'm still going to lay my life down. I'll still do it. Because I love him that much. There's nobody that loves you that much except Jesus. And so today we're going to look at just a few different things about the gift that keeps on giving. And it's hard, man, to to even begin to fully tackle all the things that Jesus is to us. All the things that he has to offer. But I just picked four little things here that we're going to talk about today. And so here's what I want you to do as we get into the message. Imagine that. You hear a knock on the door, you know, you've got your, it's Christmas day, and, and you see Jesus standing there in an ugly Christmas sweater, okay? And he's got an arm full of presents, and he's just walking on in, and you're like, this is, get, it's gonna get real. It's about to get real. And that's what's happening today. Jesus is knocking on your door. He's knocking on your door, and he says, I got a whole bunch of stuff for you. But here's the thing. You have to receive a gift. Right? It doesn't do any good to just say, man, yeah, this, he, he bought me the best gift I've ever had. It's beautiful, but I didn't want it, so I didn't take. What? Wouldn't that hurt if you saved up all year long? You sold the extra things on eBay. You, you got an extra, you gave, you did everything you could to buy the best, most beautiful present you would for the one that you love. And you go to give it to them and they say, I'm not really interested right now, to be honest. It's, I don't, it's, no, no, it's not for me. Hey, the price was paid, but you still have to receive. And that's the way it is with Jesus. He paid the price. He did his part, but now it's up to you to receive. And that's what I want to talk about for a few minutes today. And so if you'll lend me your ears, we won't, we won't be super long today. We've got a lot of great stuff going on. But I want to look at four different gifts that Jesus wants to give to you this year. And there's a whole lot more. If you need an outline for the message and you didn't get one earlier, raise your hand. And the ushers would be glad to give you one, but raise your hand for that. And so let's go ahead, and we're going to get into a few things here out of the Word of God. So let's look at four gifts that Jesus wants to give to you. And I'm telling you, there's a lot more, but for time's sake, let's just stick with these. The first thing I'm going to say today is this, is number one, Jesus wants to give you joy. Is there anybody in here that could use a little bit of joy in your life? Come on, everybody could use joy in your life. I don't know a single person that, that, that I've ever come across that's like, man, this stinks. I'm just so happy. Oh, I'm, I'm getting tired of this feeling great all the time. Man, I mean, I wish I could feel depressed or something. No, nobody's like that. Everybody wants joy. Everybody needs joy. But the truth of the matter is this. You don't have to look very far to find out that there's a whole lot of unjoyful people in this world. There's a lot of 
sad and depressed people. And we're not making fun, but we're saying it does not have to be that way because I know somebody that paid the price for you to have the gift of joy. But it's up to you to receive it. And so I want to open our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 2 and verse 10. Luke 2 and verse 10. Can I get two ushers to help me real quick? Can we move the pulpit forward? I, I just I feel so far away from my friends here. Cletus, I'll do it myself. There again. Look at that. I just gave a shout out to the ushers. They got. I know what it is. They're mad that we did that elf video with their faces. Well, guess what? We stand by that decision now. I can tell you that. I don't regret that one bit. Okay. Luke two verse ten. Come on. Luke two ten. And so here we are. Well, in fact, we just read, had the kids just read this verse a few minutes ago. But we're talking about what all it is that Jesus is to us, what he wants to give to you. Luke 2, verse 10. I'm going to read this in the New King James Version here. It says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great, what? Joy. Good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. And so this is the angels talking on the night that Jesus showed up. And I'm telling you right now that whenever Jesus shows up, whenever the door is open to him, he's still doing the same. He's still bringing joy. He's still showing up with joy 2,000 years later whenever he rolls onto the scene and whenever somebody lets him in, he will bring joy into your life. Now, you got to realize something here, that happiness and joy are not the same thing. Now, that's something that most people don't understand. I know a lot of people are like, oh, man, I, I feel pretty happy most of the time. I'm, I'm a joyful person. I, well, well, listen to me. Happiness and joy are not the same thing. Because happiness is a human emotion. Happiness can go up and it can go down. And for some people that have extreme mood swings, this happens a lot. But anyway, I'm saying that happiness, you can, I mean, you can be having the best day of your life because everybody was nice to you that morning. And then one person comes in and steals your parking spot. And then happiness is gone. You're not happy. You're not, no, you're, some of you are fault depression. And it's just something like that happens. Listen to me. Happiness is great. We all want to be happy, but people can steal your happiness. People you don't even know can steal your happiness. But I'm telling you this much. As a man with four little kids, people that you know really well can steal your happiness too. <laughs> Just yesterday, I was, uh, we, my wife's in Indiana taking care of her parents, so, so uh, I've got these four kids this week. And so we're going down to San Diego for my little brother's wedding. And I, I was, my whole goal of the day was just keep the kids clean. I don't care if anything else happens today. If those kids stay clean, dad of the year right here. And so I made, I, I let, but here's where I went wrong. We got Happy Meals at McDonald's, which was, but I made them get nuggets and fries, no sauce. I'm like, they can't screw that up. You can't screw that up. They got the apple slices. They didn't get the go I mean, and then I made them get Sprite because I'm like, that can't, how, what bad could that do? But I, here's where I went wrong. I let my daughter get chocolate milk. And so we're almost there. Two, two and a half hours, right before we get to the church for this wedding, she gives the two-year-old her open jug of chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah. 
right down the front. It was, I mean, he looked homeless, he looked terrible, and I looked like the worst dad of all time. And it was bad. It did not turn out well. And and so anyway, all I had was a little baby shark t-shirt to put on top of his dress shirt. So he went to the wedding dressed as baby shark. But praise God. My happiness left. My happy they stole my happiness. But listen to me. Nobody can steal your joy because joy is not an emotion. Joy is a spiritual truth in your life. If you've got if you've got the Lord in your life. And in fact, Jesus himself in the book of John said, I'm going to give you joy and the joy that I give no man can take away from you. And so I'm telling you right now, people can come and take away your happiness But the truth is, is if you've got the joy of the Lord, nobody can rob you and steal you of that joy. Something else I like about joyful people is they're stable people. You know who my favorite people in the world are? Stable people. I love stable people because they're always the same. They're not freaking out. They're not mean to you one day. I adore stable people. That's why Jesus was born in a stable. (laughs) But anyway... But but I'm telling you right now, stable people are the absolute best, and stable people are people that have the joy of the Lord. And I promise you right now, you may be thinking, well, if I just had more money, man, I'd be happy. No, you probably wouldn't. Money probably would not be the answer to your situation. Well, if I just had, you know, if I could just get this girl or that guy, that would I'd be happy. You probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't because you're searching for happiness but what you really need is joy. And that's what Jesus has to offer you. You're thinking I need this, but isn't it great when somebody comes and, 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 and completely changes your life? And you, you thought you needed this the whole time, but what you really needed was this. And they give it to you. And you're like, oh, that's what I was missing this whole time. What you need this morning, people, is the joy of the Lord. And so people can steal your happiness, but they cannot steal your joy. And I'm telling you that right now. You know, 2018 has been a pretty rough year, to be completely real with you, okay? You know, my dad dealt with some stuff, and, and my father-in-law is dealing with some very, very serious issues in Indiana. And then, and then you know, I've had a few knuckleheads around here do stupid things. and so, <laughs> so I'm telling you, listen to me. Out of all of it, though, it would have been real easy to get upset. But right now, I can promise you this. The joy of the Lord has not left me for one second this year. I've been able to wake up every single day, get my coffee, a hug and a mug, and then get my Bible and then say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. I will rejoice. And right now, that's what you need in your life is you need joy. But the good news is Jesus is saying, I am joy. Just let me in. I'm knocking on the door. Just let me in. Come in, and I'll I'll change your life forever. And so, there's joy. Then the second thing I'm going to talk about today is this, is peace. You need peace. But the good news, once again, is Jesus is saying, I am peace. Now, the world has a misconstrued idea of what peace is. They just think that that means everybody's getting along. You know, every now and then I'll run into some clown that says, you know, you know, I'll tell you what I'm praying for. I'm praying for world peace. That is literally the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I've never heard anything dumber than that. There will never be worldwide peace 
And I, I don't mean to sound like a pessimist. You're never going to get everybody to get along. We can't even agree on football around here. I've got some guys back there making fun of my... Listen to me. Time out. They're, just quit wasting your breath, man. We can have peace. You know, I believe we can have peace amongst, amongst you know, as much as we can. But if you're sitting there, I just pray that there will never be any... It's not going to happen. But that's not what peace is. Peace is not everybody agrees, everybody gets along. That's not what peace is. And I'm going to show you something here in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. Check this out. Isaiah chapter 9. Because here we have the prophet Isaiah prophesying about the, the birth of Jesus, about a Savior coming into this world. But Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to look at verse 6. And so we can have the peace of God, and it has nothing to do with how you treat me or how I treat you. It has to do with I've got Jesus on the inside. And so Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, this is a, a prophecy, a messianic prophecy long before Jesus was born into this world. But it says this, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. A child is going to be our savior? Well, look at this. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There it is, right there. There's a whole lot of things that the name of Jesus is, that he is a mighty God. He is a counselor. I go to Jesus for counsel. He is wonderful. But what I'm getting at is this last part right here where it says his name is the Prince of Peace. And I promise you today that whatever it is that you may be facing, Jesus is that Prince of Peace. Well, I know that everybody. Do you really? Do you really? Because what I find is Especially here, you know, in the United States where we got so many, we've, we've heard the gospel, most of us, for most of our lives. And, and that's great, but a lot of times it's almost like we're, we're calloused to it. We just say, I know that, yes, God is every, I know, He's, He's the best, I get that, but what I'm dealing with right now is this situation. So do you really know that He's the Prince of Peace, or are you just saying that? Because it's the right thing to say and you're sitting in church and we'll make fun of you if you don't agree. No, but uh, do you really know that he's the Prince of Peace? Because if you did, I bet your life would be a whole lot different. I bet. Listen, there's been times in my life where I, I would say, yeah, I, I, of course, he, he, he's everything. He's number one. Love Jesus. Absolutely. But here's what I'm dealing with. And when you've got that attitude, it's no wonder you're not walking in the peace of God. It's no wonder you're not. Receiving the gift of joy that we just talked about. But you need to get the revelation in your heart today. That your situation is not without hope. Your situation is not so far gone that nothing could be done about it. That's a lie from hell. Jesus today is standing at your door knocking saying, hey, I've got what you need. I've got peace right here. Just open up and let me in. I want to do this for you. But sadly, there's people that they search for peace. Everybody searches for peace in so many different areas. I can't tell you how many people I know 
that have just searched for something to fill that void their entire life. So they'll, they'll turn to abusing their body with drugs, thinking that it will, te- that it'll relieve the pain, but they find out it just makes things worse. We come across people that, that, well, if I just had the right man, if I just had the right woman, I know that I'd feel better. But that, no, it only leads to regrets and it makes things worse. We come across people that, man, I tell you what my problem is. If I had more money, I, I'd fix this whole thing right now. So they'll go and they'll cheat, they'll steal, they'll rob, they'll break their backs, killing themselves, working six jobs just to keep up with the neighbors. And I'm telling you, that is not the blessing of God. Now, maybe not everybody agrees with that. It's not the blessing of God for you to have to work 400 hours a week, never see your children, and then say, well, yeah, but it's okay, man, because we finally got as nice a car as the neighbors did. They've all got the iPads and the men and all the... So this is the blessing of the Lord. But your kids hate you and they never see you. That's not the blessing of God. The book of Proverbs says the blessing of the Lord will make a person rich, but he adds no sorrow with it. So Jesus, he'll bring you peace and he'll he'll provide for you, but there's no sorrow to go along with it. You still get to keep your family in the process. That's a pretty good deal to me because I know a whole lot of people that have sacrificed their families for money. And in the end, it does not bring peace. It brings more hurt and pain than you could ever even begin to imagine. And so Jesus today is saying, listen, this is what I do. I'm the prince of peace. Quit looking for in all these different areas because it's only going to cause more pain. Look no further. I am the peace that you need. And that's what I'm telling you today is that he is the peace you need. And there's a quote that I share often, that, but it, it gets me. Peace does not consist in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. Because to this world, peace means, well, we're not at war, you know, we don't have bullets flying at me, so, yeah, I, I'm at peace. What? But you're tormented on the inside? You cry yourself to sleep at night? You're afraid to go to the grocery, but you're at peace because there's no, because you're not in a war zone right now. You're at, that's not peace. Peace consists in being in the presence of God Almighty because I know, and I've got soldiers in this room right now, active duty guys, that will probably tell you that you could be in the middle of an absolute war zone, but on the inside, still have the peace of God. Although there's danger all around you. Yeah, you could be sitting on your couch when you go home today and be absolutely tormented on the inside, but there's no danger around. There's no risk to your life, but you still don't have peace. Why is that? Because peace has nothing to do with your surroundings. Peace has to do with what's on the inside of you. And there's a lot of people, you may, there's no reason for you, you know, you're not in any danger. No one's out to get you. You've got money. You've got all this stuff. But on the inside, you're still not at peace. Because peace comes from Jesus from within. It has nothing to do with your physical surroundings. It has to do with your inward condition. And so what I'm telling you today is if there's one thing I hate, I hate to see somebody depressed and miserable and hating their life because there's no need for that. There's no need for that. When Jesus came and laid down his life, when Jesus came and took the, 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 the price 
for you to live better than that? You don't have to live like that. I'm telling you that today. You can have the joy of the Lord in your life. You can have the peace of God in your life. But you've got to receive it. That's the thing about Jesus. He's polite. He has manners. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force you to receive anything. If you want it, you want to keep your depression, that's fine. He's, keep it, but you don't have to. He's not going to force his blessings down your throat and say, you will receive this healing. You will receive this peace. You, he's not going to do that. He's going to freely offer it, but it's up to you to be the receiver. Amen. Can I get an amen today? I, come on. Jesus is everything that you need. And the third thing I'm going to say is this. And believe me, there's millions of gifts that Jesus is to you. But I want you to know today that Jesus gives you the gift of healing. Now, that's physically, that's mentally and emotionally. Jesus will heal you in whatever way that you need healed. And I believe that with absolutely all of my heart. We saw in Isaiah 9 that Jesus is called Mighty God. He's the Mighty God. And I'm telling you, he wouldn't be that mighty if he couldn't overcome whatever your situation is. But when I was three years old, most of you know this, but not everybody. In fact, I've got my big sister here today, so she she remembers. <laughs> but when I was three years old, I was diagnosed with leukemia. And I spent some time in a children's hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana. And, and, I, and I went crippled. I couldn't walk. It, it, things went super bad. Really bad. And I'm telling you, Jesus, the mighty one, the Prince of Peace, the healer showed up. I, I go to, I've got, I mean, I've got, I wear the scars on my back to this day, 30 years later from spinal taps. And if you ever had a spinal tap, that's, I, I don't remember much, but that hurt. That stinking hurts. And I've got scars to this day from it. But I go to bed one night in the children's hospital. My blood is just absolutely racked with cancer, dying. I wake up the next day. The doctors draw my blood for my morning blood work and they're like, whoa, whoa, did we get the wrong blood here? But there's nothing in this blood at all. This is, there's, so they, they stuck me all day long, drawn blood for out, in fact, for years, for years, until I was 18. I got blood work all the time, but I'm telling you, from one night to the next morning, my blood was one billion percent healed. Not a single trace of any cancer. Not a trace. And in fact, they, they were freaking out because they were looking at it and they said, not only that, but he's got healthy white blood cells. That takes months and years to get mature white blood cells. But there's nothing here at all. And, and I'm telling you, 30 years later, not a trace of it. Where's is Dylan in here? He's with the kid. Dylan last year got diagnosed with stage four throat cancer. And here he is healed. A few months later, healed, teaching the kids how to do a Christmas play. Is Miss Pam in the room? Miss, P- okay. Miss, there, Miss Pam, wave, there's Miss Pam. She got diagnosed with lung cancer last year. And she, she does, she got it. She's not a smoker. She got lung cancer though. And guess what? Here she is, 12, in fact, just this past week was one year since they went in and, and did the little operation. And she's 100, she didn't have to do chemo. She didn't have to do nothing. She is 1000% healed to this day. My dad on January 2nd 
My wife and I called his doctor because she's kind of hard to understand. She's got a very thick accent. And so my wife, Katie, she can understand. So she calls and, and, and we've been waiting for these blood results for like a long time. And she says, oh, yeah, I, I was meaning to call you. Okay, thank you. Meaning to call is not the same as calling, but happy new year to you too. And so she said, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, your dad has stage four lymphoma cancer. All right. Happy New Year. What? And, you know, we're people of faith, so it, it stung a little bit. But we said, OK, let's do this. Let's fight some more cancer. And guess what? Here we are, December. And here's dad healed and doing great. Amen. And so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then to top it off in August. Uh, actually, the night Dr. Barclay was here, dad goes home with heart pains, and then it, it turns out he had a massive heart attack, <laughs> and he had a 99% blockage in his heart. But praise God, the Lord brought him through that, and here he is healed. And so all these crazy things, it's not going to happen again. We're not going to let that happen again, but I'm telling you right now, what's your situation? What's your story? Jesus is the healer and you cannot tell me otherwise i i mean i know maybe you had a different experience i i get all that but i'm telling you right now i trust jesus he's my number one he's who i'm going to and not just for physical healing man i know people that have emotional scars and baggage that are a lot more painful than some of the physical things but jesus will heal that too i can promise you jesus will heal that let's look at matthew 8 Matthew 8, I want you to see this, please. Matthew chapter 8. We serve a really, really, really good God. Very good God. Mike has been through the ringer the last couple of years, and the Lord has brought him through a 100% blockage in his heart. So I'm telling you, God is good to us. Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 through 17. And you need to see this. Because what do you need healed of today? What is it? Jesus is the healer. I promise you that. And here's the good news. He doesn't have any favorites. I realize I'm extremely handsome. And so it's tempting. It's tempting to think, well, the Lord just healed Pastor Dave because he's so handsome. Well, that's not it. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But at the same time, God has no favorites. He shows no partiality. The King James says that God is no respecter of persons. He loves everybody the same. He loves you the same. But he is a respecter of faith. He doesn't respect one person more than the next, but he does respect your faith. And if if you've got the guts to believe God for it, he's got the power to make it happen. And that's good news today. But Matthew 8, verses 16 and 17, it says, That evening many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command. And he healed a couple of the sick that day. No, when Jesus showed up, he healed all the sick. And this fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said, He took our sickness and removed our disease. Hallelujah. Jesus came. He took our sickness. And he removed our disease. Jesus is the healer. And I'm telling you, the Christmas story is more than just, you know, a cute play with a few few wise men and a couple shepherds and a little baby. That's all good news. But that little baby was more than just some little baby. That was the absolute 
healer, savior, redeemer, prince of peace, Messiah, savior of the world. It's incredible. And he'll absolutely rock your socks and change your life if you'll accept him. But the issue is not everybody accepts him. The gift will not do you any good unless you receive the gift. And that brings me to the fourth thing that I'm going to say here today. The fourth thing, and I think I probably skipped one. Oh, yeah. Jesus is the deluxe package. I couldn't skip that. Come on, that's on your handout. Jesus is the deluxe package. If you're one of those people that go to Burger King and they say, do you want cheese on your Whopper? And you say, you know I do. You're someone that likes the deluxe package. Tell you, Jesus will be the cheese on your Whopper all day long if you let him. He'll be the pico de gallo in your enchiladas or whatever. I don't know. Whatever it is. Whatever you're doing. He'll stuff the crust on your pizza. How's that sound? Amen. He's the real deal. He's the, there's nothing phony about him. He's the real deal. And the issue is, is that Jesus is the deluxe package, but some of you think you just signed up for the, you know, the value. You know, the, well, praise God, I got my get into heaven free ticket, so I'm good. He has more to offer than just to get into heaven ticket. I got ahead of myself, but I got a great story for you. So I heard this story about this guy back in the day. He was he was he was traveling from Europe all the way to the United States, going to go in there to Ellis Island and and, and New York City. And, And he's coming in. And so he he saves up all his money and he buys a ticket to get on the ship. And so the whole the whole ride there from Europe all the way to New York City, everybody on the whole boat, they're 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 having a good time. They're feasting. They're eating with the captain every night. They're having great meals, buffets, just having the time of their life. But this guy, he didn't leave his room the whole time. He packed some cheese and crackers and a little bit of, you know, non-perishable food items. And, 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 And the whole boat ride here, he was just eating the little bit of stuff he packed. Well, the last day of the of the of the journey, he comes out of his room and everybody says, hey, we forgot about you. Where'd you go? Why, why didn't you eat with us? We were all feasting every single night. You should have seen the breakfast buffet, man. That thing was off the hook. Where were you? And he says, well, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I saved up. I only had enough money for the ticket. I didn't have enough money for any of the meals. So I just wanted to say to myself, because I just... I, 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 I couldn't eat with you guys. I, I didn't have enough money for that. And everybody said, oh, my gosh, are you being serious? You have a ticket, right? Yeah, I got the ticket, but that was just for the boat ride. They said, no. The price of all the meals was covered in the price of the ticket. This was an all-inclusive package. But you only took advantage of riding on the boat? And and and, and listen, to me, that may sound kind of crazy, but right now, there's a lot of people that Jesus is an all-inclusive package. He offers everything that you need, but you're saying, well, I got a ticket to heaven, and, and, and I'm just getting up there. I don't want to ask for none of the extras, because I don't, I mean, I don't think I deserve that, and I don't th- and, and he's saying, would you stop it? Would you quit? Jesus is the full package. He's not just a ticket on the bus. Jesus is everything you need. He said, I will supply for all of your needs according to my riches and glory. You need provision. Jesus is your man. You need healing. Jesus is your man. You need peace. You need strength. Whatever it is you need. He's the great I am. And so don't sit there and think, well, I, I'm just I'm just gonna, I'm just going to have that's all I know. 
fine, that's good. That's number one. But there's a whole lot more that Jesus has to offer you than that. And you need to take advantage of everything that he is. Because he's the gift that keeps on giving. And so the fourth thing we'll say today is this. And this is the big one. It is. Jesus is the gift of salvation. He's the gift of salvation. And you may think, well, that's that's cute. That's cool. You don't get it, man. If Jesus didn't come into this world and be born as a perfect baby, if Jesus didn't grow up and live a perfect life, if Jesus didn't die on the cross, if Jesus had stayed dead and didn't raise from death, you have a 0% chance of going to heaven. You are not getting in. Because there's not a person in this room, there's not a person in this world that's good enough to get into heaven. Not me, not you, not nobody. Nobody on their own is good enough to get into heaven. But Jesus came and said, listen, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll pay their price. I'll, I'll, I'll take their punishment. So Jesus took the beating. Jesus went to hell instead of you. But praise God, hell couldn't hold him. Three days later, he came back out and then he ascended to heaven and he said, all you got to do is receive me. You just got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. Then you'll be saved. It's not hard to become a born again Christian. But then you've got to stick with it. You have to you, you got to stick with it and say, you know what? I, I'm not turning back. There's nothing in this world for me. Think about it this way. I imagine Imagine you're you're sitting in the courtroom one day observing and we've got somebody standing trial here. No doubt about it. He's guilty. We've got nine different camera angles. We all saw him do it. The evidence is stacked against him. Let's just say we've got a guy that's there for armed robbery. That's a that's a pretty bad thing to do. And so and so we've got somebody that is guilty as a summer day is long. There's no doubt about it. He did the crime and the judge is getting ready to pass down the sentencing, he's getting ready to put this guy in there, you know, whatever, 25 years. He's getting ready to bring the hammer down. And then somebody stands up in the courtroom and says, well, hold on, hold on. Talk, well, well, before you do, I've got an idea. How about I take the 25 years and you let him go free? And the person that says this is like the most godly little grandma you've ever seen. You know, she never did anything wrong. She drove 26 and a 25 one time, but that's about it. She's like the perfect person. And then she says, you know what? No, 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 no. I'll take his punishment. You just let, in fact, he can have my house, my car, my money. He can have everything that I have and I'll take his punishment instead. Can we do that trade? And the judge says, fine, deal, boom, and brings it down. I'd be standing there like, what just happened? Did anybody else see this? Is that even legal? That's not fair. That's not right. How could you say yes to that? And that's exactly what Jesus did. You and me, we were getting ready to have the hammer brought down and said, oh, guilty. They're getting ready to get what they deserve. They're getting ready to get some punishment. And Jesus said, no, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. no, no, no. I'll take it. Just let them go. They can have they can have heaven. They can have the blessings. They can have the peace. And I'll take their spot. Just punish me instead of them. Please let me take their punishment. How stupid would you be? If you were the guilty one standing right there and said, no, it's okay. I'll do it myself. I'll, I'll take it. Kidding me? That's crazy. Why wouldn't you take that deal? 
And as crazy as it sounds, I know a whole lot of people that won't take that deal. No, I'm good. I got this. Me and God, we'll figure it out someday. I got, I don't, I don't need that. That's a crutch for weak people. It's more than that, man. He, if he's a crutch, I need a wheelchair. I need, I need a stretch. I need, I need, yes! I'm weak. Absolutely. Call me weak. That's fine. I need Jesus, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Absolutely, I need it. And I'm telling you, I don't care who you are in here today, whether you're whatever you think you are, you need Jesus. You will eventually run into something that is beyond your intellect, beyond your money, beyond your strength, beyond your talent and ability. You'll eventually find that problem if you haven't found it yet. It's coming and you will not be able to handle it on your own. You need Jesus. He's the gift of salvation. John 3.16 is the last verse I think we have up there today. A lot of people know this. You've probably heard it your whole life. But you need to not know it in your mind. You need to know it in your heart. And it tells us, For God so loved this world that He gave. He straight up gave His only Son. So that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a gift right there. That's a gift that God gave His only Son. And so my challenge to you today is this. Whether you've never received Jesus as Savior, or maybe you're the best church member here, I'll bet there's an area of your life that you're not letting Jesus fully have access to. There's probably an area of your life where you haven't let Jesus come in and take control and change your life. Whatever the case is, I'm just asking you today, receive Jesus into every area of your life. And I promise you, He will rock your world like you've never had it rock. He will change everything. You won't regret it for one second. And so I'm going to ask everybody today to go ahead and stand up with us. We're going to go ahead and stand up together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.